the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Be thou my vision. I love that song because it speaks of the union we have in Christ. That there is no degree of separation. Just like there's no degree of closeness or oneness. You know, I I grew up in the church always believing that there was something I had to do in order to be closer to God. There was something I had to do in order to create an intimacy between God and I. But all of that feeling of being separated and that feeling of being estranged was all on my part. It was the vexation of a soul that had drifted in its focus where I began to see myself as, as this body and I began to view myself as man viewed me and I began to embrace what the world called life. So when we do those things, we lose the truth of our union. We lose the truth of His intimate love and desire for us. We become distracted. The Scriptures that we're going to look, look at tonight in Romans 15, Paul is going to give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of his plan for literally going to Jerusalem, delivering a gift from the Gentiles to the impoverished Jews there, and then going back through Rome only for a short visit, and then heading off to Spain to finish up his journey. And at that time, geographers of that day and age considered Spain to be the end of the world. And didn't that make a nice package? Didn't that tie it up wonderfully for Paul? And that's kind of what Paul's plan was. But what we know is that we make plans, but they will always be submitted or always take subservience to whatever God has planned for us. Here's the reality. Ephesians 2.10, where it talks about how God has literally made a path for us, not something that we can enter into or step out of. Now, I grew up in the church, and I heard sermons over and over again how we fall off of God's path, or how we, we take a different path than God had designed for us. The reality of it is, and Ephesians 2.10 bears it out, that God and others, you can read some in Isaiah as well, that God literally has a path for us 
And though we may not see it the way God intends us to see it, though we may not experience it the way God intends us to experience it, God has a specific path. Now, that path is not geographical, it's spiritual. Now, that's a hard one to wrap your brain around, but it is the reality. You say, well, I went off this way or I went off that way. Well, you did, but you didn't step out of the plan of God. And what we're going to see tonight in in chapter 15 is that Paul was in the plan of God, but Paul also made plans. He also had plans as a minister. He had goals. He had desires. So one is not necessarily opposed to the other. The truth of spiritual maturity is that that God begins to fold us into that singular prayer that says, Thy will be done, and allows us to live life with our plans, our desires, our will completely yielded to His. So if we get it wrong, if we don't think, if we think things should go one way and they go another, we didn't fall out of the plan of God and God didn't take His hand off of us. What happened was simply that we stopped looking at the shepherd and started looking at the landscape. Now as we begin to talk about chapter 15, and we're going to finish up chapter 15, I want you to see how Paul's plan and God's plan intertwine and how God accomplished the greater work through his plan. Paul in this chapter is attesting to the leading of the Spirit. It's a picture of the Spirit of God leading him. And you know, we don't really capture that. We're always thinking that we've got to pray that the Spirit of God would lead us. Is it, does it say in Ephesians 2.10 that if we pray, we'll be in the plan of God? If we follow Him, we'll be in the plan of God. Does it say that? Does it say that if we pray earnestly, He'll create good works for us? And if we pray, get others to pray with us, those works might even be successful. Does it say that? No. What it is about is that you literally having confidence in the truth that you are in the plan of God. You say, well, preacher, you have talked about this and talked about this and talked about this. Well, we know we're in the plan. Okay, if you absolutely know that, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you should not have another moment of anxiety. Paul is attesting to the leadership of the Spirit. He said in verse 18 of chapter 15, he says, I will not venture to presume to speak thus of any work except what Christ has actually done through me. So all that had been accomplished in the ministry of Paul was the work of the Spirit, including where he went and how long he stayed. Including where he went and how long he stayed. Have you found yourself rethinking where you've gone and how long you've stayed and what you did there? Listen, we make mistakes and we fall and we fail. But understand this, that when we are yielded to the Lord, when our heart is to walk in the truth, where He takes us will have purpose whether we see it or not. It will always have purpose. Romans 15 verse 22. Speaking of the verse earlier where he talked about his plan or his ideal to reach all those people who had not yet heard the gospel. 
He follows up on verse 22 and he says, This ambition, the Amplified puts ambition in there, this ambition is the reason why I have so frequently been hindered from coming to visit you. Now, as I said, the Amplified puts that word in there, but I believe that that word can give you the wrong impression. It can make it seem to you as though it was because of Paul's desire to preach to those who had not heard the gospel that he was delayed. And while there is some truth in that, the reality was he was there as long as the Spirit of God bade him to stay. That's the truth of it. We don't want our gospel, we don't want our theology to ever be centered in man. Whenever it is centered in man, it goes south. So what we know about Paul is that Paul had an ambition, he had a desire to reach the unreached. I believe God put that in him. But his coming, his going, his ministry was all directed as per verse 18 by the Spirit of God. Not by his desire, but by God himself. And the reality is that though he had a plan, though he desired to do something, the truth is that God, God's work runs according to the plan of God, not to the, according to the plan of man. Not according to the ambitions or goals of man. And the word hindered there indicates that something kept him away that was literally beyond his ambition. If we look at the context of it, we see that what held him in place was actually the work of God being done. Paul was yielded to the Spirit of God. He was yielded to what God wanted to do, but it doesn't mean that Paul always knew where to go and how long to stay. He is saying he wanted to come... But it wasn't time yet. We see this over and over again in the Bible. We see pictures of it. There's testimony after testimony. Where God would give man a vision, a promise, a hope. And then it would be a long time before it would actually be fulfilled. A long time. Now, this is the truth of faith. Faith is not immediate gratification. Faith is waiting upon the Lord. Not just waiting upon the Lord impatiently with our eyes focused towards the future. But it is a confidence waiting upon the Lord, actively involved and preoccupied with what God is doing now. Trusting that when and if this is going to happen, it will be God that brings you to it. And it will be God that carries you along. See, that's what faith is. Faith is not getting an idea about what God may or may not do and then staying completely focused on that. Faith is recognizing that if God gives you a vision, God's the one who's going to carry it through. And you know what? I've had that happen in my own life. And here is the only thing I know to do with it. Father, thank you. Thank you for this. So therefore, I commit it back to you. I agree with you in your plans for my life or for whatever it's about. That's the only way to do it. Now the enemy wants us to set that aside and he wants us to say, well, if it doesn't happen right away, then you didn't hear God. 
Listen, you don't need to go into unbelief. You don't need to charge into unbelief because that's exactly what the enemy wants to create in you. He will want you to set an expectation that A, either God won't fulfill immediately or B, God didn't intend to fulfill at all. When, when something comes into your heart and you believe God put it there, then you immediately commit back to God and it doesn't matter at that point, does it? Someone come to me after one of my classes and say to me that God is calling me to be a missionary in China, but I don't have a way to get there. I don't have a clue how to do it. I don't know what to say. I don't even know where to go. And I said, well, don't worry about it. Because if God is calling you to China, it'll be His job to get you there. It'll be His job to train you. It'll be His job to create the location for you to go. And it'll be His job to make the ministry what it needs to be. You don't have a thing to worry about. Just yield it up. Well, the big truth of the matter was, this individual was having marital issues, and they wanted to jettison out of the marriage and go to China. Well, that's wonderful. But it doesn't work. Again, the enemy wants us to believe because there's no instant gratification that it was must not be God's plan. And we, we definitely don't need to surrender to that. We need to take every prayer and every desire and say, Thy will be done. We don't need to worry. We can yield our desire to Him in faith and be focused on communing with Him now in the present. Every one of you out here has desires. Some of you are vexed by them because they don't seem to be coming around the way you wanted them to. And rather than looking at it in its proper perspective, the enemy wants you to either blame yourself, blame the circumstances, blame the past or the future, whatever. He would have you point at some obstacle, some hindrance. But where you need to be focused is upon God Himself. You need to turn around and say, Father, I commend that to you because it, there is not a single hindrance that will keep God from working His will in your life. You know that? Nothing. The only thing's holding you together is the word of His power. Nothing, nothing will stand between what God has for you and you. But it'll come in His time and it'll come in His way. The path was put together long before your little desires and plans and, and, and thoughts about what life should mean were ever realized in your head. God put it together. Chapter 15, verse 23 says, But now since I have no further opportunity for work in these regions, and since I have longed for enough years to come to you, now, obviously, there's been a change. He's about to spell it out. Paul feels the freedom to move on. You don't see a great deliberation here. You don't, you don't, it all seems fairly conclusive. He doesn't say, I'm going to be casting lots this week to see whether or not to come. He literally says, now that the work is done. And that's because Paul knew it was time to leave. And this isn't about feelings. It's about Paul knowing through the Spirit of God it was time to go. And you know what? God makes it clear. That's what it means to walk by faith. And every one of you here, as a Christian, only have one way to walk. 
If you think faith is just about getting those things that you want, or receiving healing for yourself or others, or being blessed in life, I want to tell you that faith is more than that. It is your way of living. It is life for you. Well, so I know so many Christians that are frustrated at their place in life. They're frustrated at their condition. They're frustrated at the condition of their soul. What they're feeling, what they're thinking, what people are doing, what's happening in the world. They're frustrated with all these things. And the main reason they're frustrated is because they refuse to walk by faith. They'd rather walk by sight. And walking by faith says, I walk in confidence in the truth and the greatness and the glory of all that Christ is in me. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by conviction, by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust... And holy fervor, thus we walk. Not by sight or appearance. In other words, every decision, everything that I look at in this life, my context for living is my relationship with Him. It's not my weakness. It's not my strength. It's not your weakness or your strength. It's not my friends. It's not my family. It's not my career. It's not where I'm going in this world. It is my relationship with Him. And the path that I'm on is all about my relationship with Him. Walking by faith is entering into the truth of that, embracing the truth of it, so that when I get married, I live by faith with a wife. When I have children, I live by faith with children. When I get old, I recognize that I still live by faith. It is not, as my friend used to say, that when I'm a child I cannot do, and when I am old I cannot do. It is the reality that I live in what He can do. From birth to death of the body. That's the way we've been called to live. Out of the context of our relationship. Out of the context of the divine. Walking by faith. Paul's freedom to move, to move on, had to do with his faith and trust in the Lord. He had waited, believing that if he needed to go, God would send him on. And God would lead him out. Verse 24. I hope to see you in passing through Rome as I go on my intended trip to Spain and to be aided on my journey there by you, after I have enjoyed your company for a little while. Now, do you think he had a plan? Well, sure he did. He had a plan. And it wasn't a a loose, haphazard, maybe I will, maybe I won't kind of plan. It's a well-thought-out plan with details and purpose and specific roots. Paul was confident that God was leading him. Now, not that he had every detail in line with with God's plan, but that God would bring him about in God's will. You see, Paul had been walking with the Lord long enough to know. It's not about Paul's plan, it's about God's plan. Paul makes plans based in, in what he sees, what he hears, and what he thinks, based in the desires that the Spirit of God puts in his heart. But in the end, it's about what God's plan is. He walks yielded to God's plan. How much anxiousness would we eliminate from our lives if we recognize that we are literally bound to the plan of God? 
that we are in God's plan. How much complaining, bitterness, and anger could we dispense with if we recognize that we're in the plan of God and we are exactly where we need to be? Oh, yeah, but it's certainly not. It's not taking care of this. It's not taking care of that. My kids aren't here. My wife's not there. I'm, you know, I don't have the right job. How could it be where I need to be? Well, why don't you ask God? Because He put you there. He allowed you to be there. Can you yield to that? You say, well, I want to move. Well, maybe God put that in your heart. What are you going to do with that desire? Are you going to sit there and hold God accountable with bitterness and anger? Or perhaps live on the fear that if you screw things up, that that, that dream won't be realized? Is that God-centered or man-centered? Is that God initiation or man's initiation that brings forth the will of God? That's man-centered. It's unbelief. It's self-centered. What do you do with the desire? You yield it to Him. And you thank Him that right now, where you're at, you are communing with Him. You are in the plan of God now. God's best for you is here. Now. Right now. The enemy and pride has made some of us afraid to plan. And the reality is that we should plan where we can. Okay? But all the while our confidence is in God, not in our plan. There's a difference. If the plan fails, we can trust God for the outcome. And here we see that Paul's plan didn't work out exactly like he thought it would. But his confidence was not in his plan, but in his God. Paul wanted to make it to Spain. That was, at the, as I said, considered to be the end of the world. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Go to Rome, then go to Spain. That was his plan. And Paul did go to Rome but not as a missionary on his way to Spain. He received an all-expense-paid trip as a prisoner awaiting trial before Caesar. And he was given accommodations on the palace grounds. Paul had planned a short visit in Rome as he was passing through, but that wasn't the way God mapped it out. Romans 15.25 For the present, Paul speaking, for the present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem. Listen to this confidence. To bring aid, relief for the saints, God's people there. Now what was going on there was a great persecution and famine in, in that area around Palestine. And there was a great persecution of the Jewish believers by the Jews. So many of the believers were literally starving to death. They lost their jobs. When you are cast out of the temple, you are literally cast out of the Jewish society. You are literally considered dead. Some of them went to prison. There was great need there. Let's look at Romans fifteen twenty six. It says, For it has been the good pleasure of Macedonia and Achaia to make some contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. Now Paul is going to take a contribution for what are largely Gentile fellowships to Jewish believers. Now this would require both parties to see themselves differently than the way the world saw them. Both had suffered abuse and prejudice at the hands of the other. And now they had to, needed to see themselves as brothers and sisters in Christ, not according to the flesh. 
Paul indicates that it greatly pleased the Gentile believers to be able to help the poor in Jerusalem. That's the Spirit of God. That's people seeing themselves the way God sees them. Now, I'm going to take a little side road here. I want you to look at that word poor. It is the predominant Greek word that is used throughout the Scriptures to describe the needy or those who require help. It's used over and over again. The word is tohas. It describes absolute and abject poverty. It is connected with the root word pipto, which means to crouch or cower. And it describes the poverty of one who has literally been beaten down to their knees. Now, in the culture of the Bible, or in Paul's time, it is describing a person who's been reduced to total destitution, who crouched in the corner begging. And the word picture there is this person crouching in the corner begging as he held out one hand for alms. He literally hid his face with the other because he was too ashamed to be recognized. It is not simply the struggle of the laboring man to make ends meet but abject poverty, in which one has literally nothing and is in imminent danger of real starvation. Now, the Scriptures teach us to give. And unfortunately, this day and age, there's a lot of manipulation and guilt and distortion associated with giving. The reality is we are to give as the Spirit of God moves our heart, not as circumstances compel. Why? Because only God knows the truth. And in some cases, you're enabling rather than blessing. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship, but we need to let you know that we have moved We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m., and our new location is 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.